These tools are for you to use. Hey, I'm Dave Marr. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My guest this week is Edgar Blackman. Edgar is a comedian, an actor. He's super, super funny. Wrote one of the greatest sketches I ever saw on the main stage of Second City. We don't talk about that in the main feed here on this episode, but you can get the extended episode on Patreon and hear all about that sketch. Edgar is also the funniest part of that show alone together, in my mind. Love his character, love him. But the point is that Edgar is just, he's like uncontainable, man. We we, we talked and I was like, you know, I sometimes I know my guests really well. Sometimes I know of them. Occasionally, I, I, I barely know of them. Is that true? I don't know if that's, in, yeah, that's that's true. We on We was like that, and uh, We on We we hit it off famously. And Edgar, I was like, I want this guy to be my best friend. I hope he doesn't listen to this intro because uh, I I think that would ruin my shot at uh, becoming worming my way into his life and and taking over as his best friend because he's already mine. I guess is what I'm saying. Anyway, the point is, you're gonna love him. You'll feel like you're right there with him. He had great answers to these questions. There's the debut of a new segment. I think you'll be excited to hear that at the end. And yeah, before we get into it, I just want to thank my Pigeon Level patrons on Patreon, Kurt Chang, Katie Llewellyn, Susie Carroll, and Fred Fidawa. Thank you to everyone who supports me on Patreon. If you want to join that, you get those extended episodes. And if you pledge a little bit more, you get a whole lot more. You can go to patreon.com slash Marr. If you want transcripts, if you want to follow me or Edgar, you can find all of those things in the show notes. And finally, if you would like to continue the conversations that Edgar and I have in this podcast, then you should sign up for my newsletter, Hella Immaculate. You can go to thisisdavemar.com, put in your email. Every Friday, you will get a newsletter. Think of it like an existential alt-weekly, you know, those like cool newspapers that made you want to be like five years older when you were in high school. Yeah, you'll get some music, you'll get some politics, you'll get me kind of riffing on something from these episodes. So sign up for that. Tell your friends about the show if you like it. And enjoy my conversation with Edgar Blackman. I grab your whip and take it back to Shotown. When I'm in Shotown, I treat it like what do you hope happens when you die? Um, man, I guess like the most honest answer would be that. Um, you get to meet your creator and they tell you that you did a good job. There's, um, there's, a a Bible verse that's like, uh, when you get to heaven, that that guy will say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. And, um, that to me is, that's it. Like, who cares about the, I mean, I guess like, I, I think that we're so raised on the reward aspect of it that we're just like, when you get there, there'll be no more pain. And like, bro, like who cares, man? I mean, what if you get there and it's just like, you're a green lantern now. And now your job is to be responsible for another part of the universe. It's like, (laughs) what if it's that, right? You don't know. 
you don't know. What if there's more work? It's just different work. And there's like, you know what I mean? Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think like being able to kind of get, get a better understanding of creation in and of itself. And then being re- not rewarded, but I guess kind of like recognize that you, that you tried and that that was good. And that's it. So what does it mean to do a good job? Um, to me, I think to do a good job is to do what seems to be the hardest thing to do on this planet, which is just like, be good to each other. I think it's, and to yourself, I think that we are, I mean, if you, to me, you look around, you can see how important it is to be a part of things. And I think there's examples of that all throughout nature, throughout our universe. It's like how being a part of a whole saves all of the parts of the whole. And that to me is what doing a, a good job is. I think if, if you can live by that ideal, and and you tried. I think that's it. Like I think there's so much of of faith based control is about if you accomplished it. Like you have to bring souls to Christ, and it's mm-hmm, like then mm-hmm. and then it's like a job. I'm like I don't know, man. I don't feel right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so to me, it's like, did you have did did were you able to evolve enough that you were able to treat others the way? you want to be treated that you, cause I think most people don't, I think there's too many people that are just like, if I get mine, that's all I have to worry about. Cause it's hard enough to get yours. It's hard enough to get yours. And I think that, um, that that's, you know, that's why it's difficult. I think it's like, you tr- you try so much to worry about yourself. And then I think it becomes a thing for a lot of us where it's like, we are all taught that there's not enough. And the truth is, is that there's more than enough. Um, there's more than enough. And I think we, we strive to get closer to realizing that and enacting that in our, in our lives as a populace. And I think that because most people don't see it that way, like the hoarding of resources, the hoarding of affection, the hoarding of empathy, like I'll care about your feelings as long as your feelings help me with my feelings is very, you know, self-rewarding. And so to me, it's like, can you be, how close can you get to selfless? Did you try? Did you try? Did you even try? And then I think if you don't try, then, you know, I, I, one of my favorite uh, movies is defending your life. And I'm like, uh, maybe if you didn't try, that's what's next for you is that, you're put in a position so you can have a greater understanding of why it is important to try. Wait, help me understand that a position. <laughs> so you understand why it's important to, tr- so it's like just making it even more. Imagine Does that mean it. making it harder? No, 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 no. I think it's always going to be about, reaching the the deepest understanding you know if you if you really get like very like cosmic about it and being like mm-hmm. what is what is the the singularity of life like when we get down to the very 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 root of it 
um, what is that thing that ties us together? Can we define it? Uh, we can't define it because we can barely define half the shit we got on this planet. So who knows, man? But like, I think like, okay, so maybe you were, you know, I don't know if like, you know, you don't know the rules, right? But like in the movie, you've ever seen the movie Defending Your Life? I know it, but I haven't seen it. Okay. So this movie is old. I'm also old. So it's, it's not like, that old, right? It's like 70s, right? I mean. I guess that's old yo, now, huh? Yeah. Like I'm 50 telling years you, ago. man, like yeah. 1990 was 21 years or t- 2000 was 21 yeah. years ago. Yeah. I was saying to myself yeah. the other day, I was like, it's hard to think of the 2000s as a long time ago, but like it's 20 years ago. Oh, it's like, it's, it's, it's retro, like fucking Visco girls and shit is like a whole, (laughs) right. Visco girls is probably out of style now too. I learned about Visco girls like 18 months ago. It's just probably not even popping off anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, My son one day, he was like, I'm being a Visco boy for for Halloween. (laughs) And I was like, the photo editing app. And he was like, yeah. I was like, what does that mean? I use that to edit our family's pictures. And he's like, but there's like a, there's like a, like girls that have like their Visco and, and I was like, what? Okay. What does that mean for you? And he was like, I'm going to put like pop my collar. And I was like, I can't. I don't, don't want to know. I don't want to know now. I don't want to know. Explaining it to me is not helping. Right. Like all. late registration, not late registration, college dropout Kanye era is. Yes. Yes, yes. 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 Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but so I do think like uh, in defending your life, um, it's like Mel Brooks and Meryl Streep. And what happens is, is when you die, you go to this like- Albert station. Brooks, right? Albert Brooks, not Mel Brooks. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Mel Brooks. <laughs> That'd be wild, man. Mel Brooks and Mel Meryl Brooks Mer- Streep's a love story like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> oh, a missed, a missed opportunity. Um. So um, he goes to this way station and then they basically just like, like they, they, def- he has to def- defend whether or not he was able to conquer fear. And, mm. um, and he's like, I conquered fear. And they're like, did you though? And he's like, what about this? You went snow, you went uh, snowmobiling. You never did it again. Cause you fell off your snowmobile. And he's like, that's not why I never did it again. I never did it again. Cause it was terrible. It's a terrible experience. And that's, and so Basically, it's like, I think what happens is, is you get reincarnated. And if you don't pass, like if you weren't able, if you can't prove that you accomplished this thing, you get reincarnated, maybe you'll do it in your next life. We'll see in 60 years. But he, in the way station, falls in love with Meryl Streep. And he's like, I can, if she's going to move on and I cannot let her move on without me, I have got to convince these people. And so to me, that's like, it's a kind of a, I like to think of that as like a, a very simple way of looking at it. It's like, if you, if you believe that the spirit of a person can grow and evolve and be better, then what happens when that spirit is no longer in this realm? Like when the body dies and you believe that the energy goes somewhere, anywhere, what, what is that like? And is it, you know, I can't believe that it's the like literal <laughs> streets of gold, curly gates, style. Curly gates, or you know, like a dark cavern of fire and pokers. Mm-hmm. Like I just think, like these are the things that we have been 
you know, it's like the things we've been taught. This is like, that's what we've been taught and told. But, you know, it's very clear that nobody has done any recon on what happens next <laughs> to come back and give us a, some hard evidence. So I think a lot of it is, you know, we're just us trying to make ourselves feel better and then also control each other. So <laughs> just, just a little side note. This is determined also, you know, entire eras of human history system of vulnerability in people's hearts to gain power. Um, but I do think that there, if you, if you didn't try and you were selfish and you were whatever. So for you, maybe, the test is selflessness over fear. Did you uh, maybe try to be that, selfless? Cause I think that's a, I think that's another one. I think that's a part of it. It's like, I think so, so many things are motivated by fear and pain. Like it's just, I, I find it hard to blame a lot on people. A lot of their actions are usually, you know, like no, no baby, you know what I'm saying? Like nobody has a baby in their arms and that baby's like, I cannot wait to cheat on somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's, that is wired into that person through, and you know, somebody who watches a lot of reality TV, I'll be like, you know, you can really see when you see his mom, why he treats his wife that way. <laughs> and you can, right. You'll be like, Mm-mm, not with that mom, not with that dad. Look at the dad won't even stand up for this is this guy's trash and it's his daddy's fault. But yeah. Okay. So we were saying defending your life. Um, and I do think maybe if there, if there is, I don't believe in the whole like pokers and, and, you know, harps and whatever. Like I, I do believe that there's, there's levels to it. I do believe that there's, I mean, it would be cool if it was like, if it was like when you die, you become an angel and an angel is like responsible for an area of the universe. Like what angels do is like, they're like, just like, imagine this is, this is me spitballing. Right? Yeah. 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 I like it. I love it. I'm here for it. So imagine like, so imagine if like you die, right. And your energy, you know, dissipates into the cosmos, but like you still have consciousness or whatever it is. Like maybe you don't have consciousness and this is just how it works. Um, but like, maybe it's like as a part of our connection to life, you are now responsible for like seeding and growing a part of the dead universe. So like as things mm. grow and, and are destroyed, you know, that's what angels do is they go and spin new worlds where new life is created and they leave them the tools to create another thing so that life is still created in other places in the universe. And maybe that's what happens. And maybe if you didn't, you know, like maybe if you didn't evolve enough or whatever the reason is, maybe you get a redo and you get to be like, hey, listen, you don't get to go be, you know, a space gardener just yet. <laughs> We're going to need you to go back to Earth, bro. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And maybe it's not Earth. Maybe there's like, you know, I like to think about it like, Imagine if Earth is like the third grade. So just because we're on Earth doesn't mean that there's not a bunch of other third grade planets. And maybe that's where you get reincarnated. You're like, you know, you're like six nebula away from here or whatever it is. You're like five galaxies out. Still just some just remedial like, ass still- planet. <laughs> <laughs> Just the place where they're like, ah, oh, we hate the purple people. Yeah, I was gonna say it's green purple racism instead of oh, black white. You got fine. some random. Why? Why? Well, you yeah. know, the purple people lived in an aquatic state for like half of their lives, and now they want to be up on land with the rest of us. And I just don't think they're ready for it. And you're like, oh man, this feels 
familiar. Oh, no, this feels familiar. <laughs> thing, like, I think maybe we should, I think like history tells us that, you know, we should just, you know, love everybody on the planet, right? I don't know, man. You love purples? Oh, this guy <laughs> loves purples. And it's like, you got to do it all over again. And maybe in that one, you're like, this is dumb. This is dumb. You know, I I think I'm a... I think I'm going to fight against this anti-purple sentiment on my planet. And then maybe that's it. And then maybe that, or maybe it's, maybe it's fear for you. Maybe it's, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's greed. I don't know. I think we're all kind of like dealing with a thing and it's like, can you get, can you get through it? Can you get through it? Can you get over the thing that you, that you're holding onto that's stopping you from being a better self? And if you didn't, maybe you get another shot at it. <laughs> I hate to think that it's all like, I just can't believe that. I, I refuse to believe that it's uh, it's an end game. That's ridiculous. Just total lights out, you mean? At all. Well, just like anything to me that doesn't, like, I could I could accept that it's not like you get to like be like a party person in heaven. Like, that's fine. I don't believe that that we live and die without any purpose, any we may not get it, but I haven't seen just about anything that has like zero purpose that's like naturally created. Like all things kind of like either serve another thing or are here so that this thing can be done or you know it's like hey man, we need tornadoes too, bro. Like sorry to tell you this <laughs> this is a thing. It helps another thing. Like I just look at stuff like that and be like but out of all of the things we know are part of something, our whole thing, all of this, on all those things that we feel and experience is just like, no, man, it's just like a little party and then you die. I just feel like whatever it is, whatever it is, got to be something. But I just don't believe in that. And I don't believe that it's do a good job on earth, go to heaven, and then you chill. Or do a bad job on earth and then go to hell and be punished. Like that to me makes that to me makes no sense because it doesn't, it doesn't reflect any of the things that we know about life. The only thing that makes sense is space gardening. I mean, <laughs> space gardening. It doesn't not if make you sense. Were, if you were to tell me, like if you were to tell me that, uh, that human spirits, the energy that is released when a body dies Let's say you don't believe that there's that there's no that it, it does the energy doesn't release and that it just like pew, and then it's just no more like a like a dying battery and then you just throw the husk in the ground. Well, even the husk has a purpose, right? Like I mean, that's the body does. You know, dead bodies do a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's not space gardening. Maybe it's just like we needed humans on this planet for fertilizer, and that's that's just the that's the purpose of it. But if you believe that we have spirits and that there is an energy that continues on through the cosmos or existence or whatever it is. Even if that was just fertilizer, if you're like <laughs> dead human souls are fertilizers for stars. And you're like, oh, that's cool. Uh, cool I would cool. be like, fuck, man, I got this consciousness <laughs> continuing and this, this shit's still going to be, it's just abstract fertilizer. <laughs> Fucking, oh, God damn it. You're like, we figured it out and we actually are able to track it. And your grandma is that in that star, like her spirit. <laughs> is there. And that's how it works, bro. And when you die, we don't know what star you'll be a part of. We won't be able to track that until you die. But we do know that uh, completed human souls do become stars in distant parts of the, the universe. 
So you have that to look forward to. Hey, man, you never, you don't know. You don't know. My next question requires a little bit of setup because the show is based a little bit. It's kind of an offshoot of the last one man show that I did. And in that show, I'm like, I tell people we're in the afterlife, you know, in the theater and I'm kind of giving people an orientation because I say I've been here before. And one of the features of that afterlife is that you get to fully relive one memory, which doesn't mean all your other memories are wiped. doesn't mean you're stuck there. It's just that of all the memories you have, you get to drop down into and physically re-experience this one whenever you want however many times you want. If that were the case, what memory would you choose? Oh, man. So hard to pick one. Let me see. I get to just live it, right? Like, I don't get to redo it. I just get to I mean, you know, I, I guess, you know, it's <laughs> it's your answer. I'm not grading this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean. Th- yeah, I want to save those about- kids from that fire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. None, uh, no do-gooder memories. <laughs> it's got to be a little selfish. Okay, um, if I could go and do one thing, oh man, I know what I would do. Um, I went to go see my wife and I went to go see Beyonce and Jay Z at Soldier Field, and I just remember it being such a beautiful experience because. I think we did it for her birthday. And I want to say that we were planning on either like, man, I want to, I feel like we were like planning on moving soon. It was either in 2013 or 2014, something like that. And we were going to move to LA like real soon. So it was like, this is kind of like us almost like saying goodbye to the city. And um, I remember we went to this concert, man. And it was so cool because the, the fan bases of these two artists are very different. And so like it was wild. Go into like, that a little bit more. I I I think I know what you mean, but tell me how they're different. Okay. So here's what you could see at this Beyonce Jay-Z concert. Clearly you're gonna see uh guys there with their girlfriends or their wives or whatever it was, right? And we saw a lot of that, right? Which I thought was really, and the the interesting dynamic there was like, you would see like when Jay-Z would come out and do like a classic, all of the guys would stand up. (laughs) 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 And then if like Beyonce did one of like one of her deeper cuts as well, right? All the guys would sit down and all the ladies would get up. And like, I almost cried when I was like, because it was a very like, you don't get to see, uh, uh, like cis cis cishet men don't like to be like expressing their feelings in public a lot, (laughs) but to watch a stadium full of men rap song cry. I I'm (laughs) telling you, fam, it was like, and all these dudes just got up. And it's like, and they start, and everyone starts rapping. And I'm just like, this is so beautiful. All these men are rapping this song. I mean, I know it's like, 
the, not the greatest, like the lyrics are always like, I, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't have cheated on you then and I, you broke my heart. But still, it was very beautiful to see them like all the emoting. But then, you know, you go out and you see Beyonce fans, which, you know, it, it runs like you're going everywhere. I mean, I saw, I saw, I saw white gay men at the mm, at, mm, at this mm, concert. Mm, mm. I saw I saw black drag queens at this concert. I saw uh thugged out dudes trying to find a place to smoke blunts in Soldier Field at this concert. <laughs> and I was just like I you know, I saw, you know, cats from the suburbs at this concert. Like I it just felt like everyone was at this concert and it was cool. Like I just, it really did feel like what it would be like if we all were cool. Like if everyone was there and there was, you know, all these groups and demos that, you know, be having beef with each other when we see it, see it in society. And, but in this moment, it was like, we are all here to have a good time in this place. And it doesn't matter that, um, you know, you only want to hear the Hova songs and it does. And then they come out and go and they would come out together and we would all get up, fam. Oh, it's like <laughs> unity. So that's what that right. Was so like, they were I'm like trading. Go. They were alternating. Right, right. So okay. it would be like, what was that tour called? I remember. I want to say it was on. It was on the run too. On the run. Okay. Yeah. 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 Or was it like the Miss Carter tour? I don't remember. Uh, it was just like it was so cool to watch. So so many different types of people in one place, all having a good time, and. Uh, and like not all not all necessarily being there for all of the same things, but like if you get a little and I get a little, like, and then we might both get to this. There's this one thing, like when they both do it together, then we all win. And it was just like it was so it was fun to watch, both as uh a fan of both of those artists and as just like a spectator of people to be like, this is really cool, guys. We're like, these people brought us together and everyone's just being okay in here. I mean, the way you talk about it, it's like a utopia for a little bit. <laughs> I just remember being so taken by it. Like, and, you know, because it was, you know, it, was a, it wasn't it was an easy ticket to get. I remember, mm. I remember, like, it was one of the few times where I was like, I'm going to, as soon as these tickets drop, I'm going to be in line to get these tickets. And I was, and I got decent tickets because, I mean, you know, like. Even, you were even physically you that, in like, line? No, 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 no. Like, okay, like on the website. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, damn, <laughs> um, that's commitment. Yeah, yeah. So it was the On the Run tour. It was in 2014, which was the year that we moved to uh, to California. So it was like our, our like, goodbye, Chicago. And so in that way, it did feel really, really unique and special. So it was a cool thing. I would do that. And so it would be, because a lot of what, it's interesting, you lead with going with your wife and I can tell she's integral to the experience, but so far, most of what you described is the overall kind of collective experience. What yeah. about having her there made it especially relivable? I think, you know, I mean, you have a relationship like mine. You pretty, you pretty much do just about everything together. You know what I'm saying? So I think for us, it was... You know, so let's see. We had just we had been through it. So like by 2014, you know, we I you know was like rounding out my time at Second City. I think I was done by then, 
and I had left. I went, I came out here that year um, to go to Black <laughs> Such a foolish thing, I thought. I was like, I'm going to go out, fly out for pilot season in 2014 with the idea that like, I'll book something and then I'll pay for the family to come out. Um, So I was without her for like two months. We were just apart from like the end of January until April. And so also being like, uh, being parents of like young kids, I think my son at that time was like seven or something like six, it's like sitting around there, six or seven. And, um, you just don't get a lot of nights out, like not real nights out, like not mm-hmm. regular nights out. You just, you like, oh, you want to run up to this place and get something to eat and then get home. It's like the longer you're out, the more you got to pay somebody to be out. And um, I, that was just like, man, that was a day that was like, everything's going to be all right. We're, we're, we're in this together. Like it was kind of cool to be like, let's go watch this married couple. <laughs> <laughs> and which is crazy you and me like. because that was right around the time i think that was right before the solange elevator video up. came out <laughs> and because i feel like that well i think which it is had funny to, to have them as an ideal married couple right before i mean one of the defining things about their legacy now is all of right. their drama and you know, near divorce okay, album. So yes. So that was like, that was also in 2014. So I, I maybe I don't, I, it was like, you didn't, you didn't really know, like, are they going to be all right? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but it was like, you know, they, we, it did feel like what we were doing was just kind of being like, it was a night that, that the two of us got to be together, just the two of us. And it was like, we'd just been, you know, just running and running and running and running, trying to get everything ready to move out. And, you know, like we just, you know, I would daughter just turned one year, just turned one. And we were like, can we really figure this out? And like, I, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to do all these things. And it was like, just this on this night, on this night, like, we're just going to have a good time. That's it. It's just going to have a good time. And we're just going to be in this thing together before anything else happens <laughs> to us. It's like this night is ours. And so to me, that would be, you know, like that would be the one thing that makes it like the most special. It's like we, the two of us were there and it was like one of those moments where you feel like it's crystallized in time because it was so special to you. Like even I can think like, I remember us laughing about, <laughs> about like, um, Having like the parking pass, like having a good parking pass and like not having to like find some street parking to pay and then walk back from that. I think like whatever I had done that year, I was like, cause it was around her birthday. So I was like, we make it really good. And I was like, we get the parking pass, pay for the parking pass, mm-hmm. park in Soldier Field. And um, I remember us like laughing cause we felt like such VIPs when they were like, <laughs> you guys going this way. And we're like, yeah, we're doing it. Like we, we, it was a night where we really felt like superstars. And I think as a parent, especially, man, you get so few of those. Cause you know, once you're a family, you know, that's a lot, how you experience a lot of things is as a family and not as the couple you were before you 
started that family. So that was probably, uh, I think that's probably, you know, one of those nights like that where it just feels like you're the only two people that get to do this thing, you know, despite being in like a sea of <laughs> other people really? being the only yeah, yeah, people in their time, own uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great time people watching together for sure. What's your coma? And this also requires a little bit of explanation. Okay. And and a, and I guess a question, because I don't know how much you know about me, but I was in this coma for a month in 2014, actually. Funny we're talking about 2014. Oh, didn't I know that. And so, yeah, uh, you know, shit got hairy, almost taken <laughs> off life support, you know? Yikes. And, and it's not a clean before, after, but, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of shit changed after that. And sure. so I'm wondering if you have anything like that. It doesn't even have to be that dramatic, but any moment that serves for you as like a before you were one person, after something was stripped away or something was added and you became someone new. Man. Uh... <sighs> I mean, God, when, it, when isn't this happening? Um, I was like, well, how about all of, (laughs) I was going to say a year. And then I was like, well, that didn't really stop until like, that's like a five year stretch where I felt like I was like in like almost you look back on like points in your life and you're like, man, who was that person? How did (laughs) I make it from the, I thought I was okay. I thought things were going good. Um, I think maybe for me, you know, man, I, we, I moved to, I moved my family to California, uh, as an actor and being like, you know, I, I live in Chicago, I'm doing this thing. And, um, and it's hard to believe in it because you're like, you see that it doesn't always work for people. And you're like, well, do I really believe that I can move to California and get work and, and be successful? And, um, and, you know, so I guess there's a, there's a part that's always like kind of preparing for the failure of it and being like, I guess we'll just have to be done. And, um, man, when we moved out here, it was so bad. We were just like, it cost us more than we thought it was going to cost. And then, um, the apartment we moved into had bed bugs. And so like, we so it was like at first we didn't know what was happening like i'm from illinois <laughs> things die in the winter and uh i had never experienced this in my life i was like what are these things how do they survive and it's like if one lives that's all they need <laughs> and so um and so i just i had just never i had never experienced anything like it and um and in the midst of all that, it was like trying to find work, like not, not booking anything and going out on auditions. And I just, and to the point where like, I was so sad. I was so sad that I heard the song Midnight Train to Georgia. And you know how that song starts. LA was too much for the man. He couldn't make it. And I bawled, fam. I, oh shit. I mean, even just thinking about it now, like I was. Dev, that song destroyed me. 
And I was just, and then, you know, it's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like I, my kids are getting bit. My, my wife can't sleep. Like we, we, I just like, I, I, I made the wrong move. Like I did the wrong thing and I were stuck here and I, I don't want to leave, but I don't want to, I don't want to be sad. And I was just like, I think there was like a part of me where I had to remember why I had done it. And I think I just forgotten about it. Like I, my motivation has never been, it's never really been like about my career as much as is, has been about my gift. And it's like, what, where can I get to where I can share this gift at the next level, whatever that is. And to me, that was moving to Los Angeles. That's where I felt like I was being led. And when I was in Chicago, I felt like I was so sure, but it was so sure when things are stable and good. It's really easy to be like, this is the right move. Everything's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. You're meet, met with adversity that can't be, can't be beat. Like I can't stop us from getting bitten by bedbugs and I can't force someone to give me a job. And, um, and I was just like, I felt like that song was haunting me. I felt like that song was haunting me. And I think one day I just was like, you have to be in this. You have, you have, you cannot believe that you're going to move here, not make it in three months and go home. Like, that's what you think you're worth. Like, that's what you think God put you on this planet to do was to move to Encino and push for three (laughs) months and then be like, I can't do it and go home. Like, that's it. That's this. If that's really what you thought, you never should have left. And it did not get easier. Like, like the next thing I booked was like unpaid. <laughs> oh God. And I was just like, I know what I am. I know what, I know how, what I was built to be like. And I believe that every single one of us is divinely created. I tell my kids all the time. I'm like, you can go back through all of history. You get to be the single version of you. That's it. You, you can, as many people have ever walked this earth. There are no duplicates. You are the only one. So you you get to do a thing that no one else gets to do in the way you're going to do it because you are the only one. And that's like kept being like, you have always believed that. You have to continue to believe that even though you're getting your ass kicked. Like these ass kickings are instrumental. And, I, and not to be like, and then Jesus saved me. But I mean- <laughs> You know, like I said, I was like, I believe in the gift and the gift turned into a contract and a, and a job here and a job there and a show here and a show there. And it just continued to happen. And it was like, bro, like you, if you can't, if you can't stand on that thing, like then what's, what do you, what do you think you're going to do? Like, what do you think you're going to accomplish If you don't, like, if you're a chef, you got to believe your ingredients are good. You have to believe that you know what you're doing. Like, if you're a musician, you have to trust that you're a good musician and just go play the song. Like, you can't be half-stepping on these notes. Like, you got to go out there and say, the best of what I've got is going to be what you get. And 
then after that, it's going to be up to anyone who sees it to deny it, which I just find it hard to do. Paint your hell. Like what? Okay. If you don't believe in the cave with the fire in it, what is hell <laughs> to you? Yo, I love the, uh, I love that. I love uh, Jean-Paul Sartre's, uh, you know, hell is other people, you know, mm-hmm. like that to me is like that. I love that's my first time I read that. I was like, oh, that's diabolical. <laughs> Just be like, yo, you have to be in this room with these people forever. <laughs> Which specific people, though? Right. It's like the worst people you could think of. Um, to me, if I had to paint a hell, it would probably be like a th- like if you had to watch. <laughs> allow, allow me, allow me to do do on these people right quick. Um, if you like, I hate watching uh, people do disservice to a good thing. So like when like, like someone like doesn't appreciate a good thing, like when people would be like, this hurts me. When people would be like, Mariah Carey is trash. And I'll be like, why, why, why would you do that? Why would you just not like, why would you just not appreciate a good thing? Like that, that to me, I, that, that, oh my God, like I can't. That thing eats me up. And that thing happens everywhere. So for me, it's like, I, the internet is very, I'd just be blocking people. I'd be like, I, if this is your response to this innocuous statement, I can't, I can't handle it. So to not be able to escape the, um, I, you know what it is? It's like, no matter what you say, my response to that thing is negative. Okay. So it's like, if you're like, I like Mariah Carey, your response is like, she ain't no Tina Turner. I'm like, bro, it ain't gotta be that. It's like, if you like, it's like, I love LeBron James. Like, he ain't Mike. It's like, all right, bro. But like, can we just, like, this does not, uh, this is not how we have a conversation, baby. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> you just want to doo-doo on the thing? like, Right. Do you know how you this wanna... works? Like, kind of, you got to take, the, I'm building the bridge. <laughs> Bring something to the table here. That to me is like, that eats at my, that eats at my heart. Like it just, it makes me feel so many feelings. Cause I'd be like, one, I'd be like, why can't we just talk? And then the other thing is, I, then I start to empathize and I'd be like, why are you so mad? Yeah. Who hurt you kind of thing. <laughs> why bro? Like, <laughs> I, I wish I could just, <laughs> wish I could fix it. I wish I could just hope you not be mad at just regular stuff. So it would be being stuck in a room with those people. Woo! Yeah, I think if you or cuz I'm not like I'm I I feel like a lot of stuff doesn't really set me off like if you were like a room full of snakes and I'd be like I mean but after a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like by hour 9 I ain't screaming about these snakes like we're just going to learn how to sleep with snakes on. I'm going to get hoarse, yeah. Yeah, like I uh, like oh, I would hate to like fall forever. I'm like, but after a while, but a person, a negative person, they'll always find a new way to ruin the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, new so layers. Like, oh, what if it was like a what if it was like a party? Like what if it was like your birthday party? It's like you have to 
every day you wake up and it's like the 20 most negative people are the only people that come to your party. And you just are like, so what do y'all want to do? It's like, this is the beer you brought? This dude drinks the worst beer. Like people like that. It's just like. That experience of being at a party and you're in an uncomfortable conversation and you're peeling out of it and to to go talk to someone else but then it turns out that one's even worse just repeating that experience forever just like looking around me like i know there's somebody else at this party that i can talk to and like you're looking for someone to give the sign to but there's no one who knows the sign or would be able to deliver you to anything other than no one making that like perfect eye contact is like yeah everyone here is bad right yeah yeah, yeah. also it's your birthday <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. They're too busy picking your place apart. I think that would be that would be the worst for me. Okay, I'm so a this, joyful person. I live for happiness. I I hear it, man. I appreciate that. It's instructive to me, you know, as a as a judgmental, resentful person, you know. <laughs> That's the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show and you want to tell other people about it, do that. You know, there are ways to do that. You know the rate, review, subscribe thing. You can also just just call a person. Have a whole conversation about it. You can follow me and Edgar. You can sign up for my newsletter. And you can read transcripts of the shows at the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for your support. And I will talk to you next week. Impossible you can do miracles. Miracles, you can do them. Have faith, you're human.